Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart and leadership. Let's lead well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast. I'm Sherry Cochran, and joining me on today's podcast are Natalie Bourne, Vance Smith, and Jorge Alviel. Thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No, super excited to be here. Awesome. Because this is our very first Lead Well podcast, I want to take a second to talk about where we are heading. At Lead Well, we're growing the whole leader sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart of the leader. We want to empower you to create a healthy, reproductive leadership culture wherever you may be leading. Each episode, we're going to be bringing an interview with a leader and then a small group like us of men and women of different ages and cultures from both Marketplace and the church. We're going to talk about it so we can learn from both the interview and from each other along the way. And I love this format. I think it's an exciting format, and it's really going to help people to apply the concepts that they're learning to their day-to-day. That's exactly what we're hoping for. Totally agreed. (laughs) Jorge looks like he agrees, too. Yeah, Jorge looks like he was agreeing, but you couldn't see that. You couldn't. Sorry, guys. Let's jump into today's topic, you guys. It's a word that we hear about, but might not always understand how to apply very well. And that word is values. Mm. So when you hear values in leadership, what what comes to mind? Absolutely. It's what do you stand by? So when it all kind of hits the fan, what do you stand by? What do you believe in? And what's going to come out when you're squeezed? Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, we all have a goal. I think values are, they determine how you're going to get there. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, same for me. I It's kind of at the core of who I am. And then if I have that defined in me, I'm able to kind of walk through Whatever aspect of my life. Mm, I, I think I've tended to think of values as like what what matters to me. Yeah. Um, but I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Dawn Marie Keir, who shared at Leadwell this fall, and she was awesome. I love her. She's incredible. She is a brilliant leader and a consultant, and she is so much fun. And we talked about a number of things, including values, and she helped me to kind of see things a little bit differently. So let's jump in and listen to what she had to say. Dr. Don Marie Keir, welcome. Thank you. So happy that you're here with us. And I am hyped to be here. I'm glad. I'm going to make you feel just a little uncomfortable. All right. For just shoot. a second, because I'm going to talk about you. Okay. I want the people to know who we're hearing from. Dr. Don Marie Keir, she is the founder of New Dawn Consulting, which is based here in Norcross, Georgia. Mm-hmm. She couples business strategy and organizational leadership to help align people to the heart of the organization. I love that. Drawing upon nearly 25 years of experience that she has in human resources, organizational leadership, and talent management. And if that's not enough, Dr. Don also holds a doctorate in organizational leadership and leads a team of associates to work with globally recognized brands, diverse organizations, franchisees and individuals, and together they shift processes, systems, and organizational structures to help people achieve their full potential. And also, she's a best-selling author. How many more and also's are there? a lot of and also's. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about Dr. Dawn is that friends and colleagues alike, we know that she doesn't just hold a doctorate. She really is a true heart 
Doctor, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. Anybody that was at Leadwell Fall 2019 got to hear you as part of our panel, and they know the nuggets that you're going to bring. And as we were preparing for that, I reached out to your assistant. We were putting together the bio, putting together the book. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, what is Dr. Dawn's official title? (laughs) And she said, okay, it's Chief Heart Doctor. Yes. (laughs) Don, that's a new one. That is a new one. Yeah, it's not on LinkedIn. Like, no one knows what that is. <laughs> there's no drop-down list no, with that one. there's there. no list. So tell us about that. What? Why Chief Heart Doctor? Why not founder, owner, lead consultant, senior, you know, like, why Chief Heart Doctor? What is that? Yeah, so I listened to those titles that you just threw out, consultant and founder, and those capture my head. Hmm. They do. And as soon as you said it, I imagined this box of being put in where I operate in this left to right parameter and that's it. Mm -hmm. But when I think about chief heart doctor at the heart of every organization is culture. It's people. And when I think about the heart of a person, that's your lifeline. That's where everything flows from. And so when we think about a chief heart doctor, we're really talking about the things, the matters of the heart, the core of who the person is that helps them to function and flow at their best, whether that's an individual team or an organization. I love that. I love that. Well, it fits you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It fits you. It fits you. Every time I talk to you, you hear like passion. You know, there's a lot of people that do their job really well, mm. but what comes out of you is not just, hey, I can do my job well, mm-hmm. but passion for what you're doing, passion for helping leaders. So tell us a little bit, where did, where did that come from? Where did that get birthed? Where do you find that passion? Mm. So as corny as it may sound, that passion really comes from my relationship with Jesus. Um, that fuels what I do and how I do it. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, when I asked him for his heart towards people, that's what he gave me. But it wasn't a drop. It it was a drip. (laughs) No, No, it, it was a drip. But interesting enough, Sherry, what happened is he did the surgery on me first, right? So you know how we say ministry starts at home. Mm -hmm. It started here. I think I've shared with you in the past, if you knew me in California, you would not have liked me. (laughs) I find that really hard to believe. So people meet me now and they're like, oh, you're so kind. And I was that nastoid person, not nasty, (laughs) nastoid person um, who was all about what I did. And then Jesus began to work in and through my heart to show me that I was so much more than any accomplishment I could ever achieve. And then he did something really interesting. When he allowed me to see people, he allowed me to see their potential versus focusing on the brokenness. Mm. And he did the same with me. Instead of just focusing on the brokenness, it was, here's how I see you. Mm. And then slowly gracefully he secured me helped me to understand who I am and then began to shift me Mm. and then likewise that's what we do with others right yeah so you bring that very heart that God has for you and bring it to the leaders absolutely yeah there's something so powerful knowing that the creator believes in who you are and who he created Mm mm-hmm 
And a lot of people who we work with, whether it's in corporate America or if it's in ministry or even in coaching sectors, who is truly believing in them and who's pointing them back to their very creator? Mm, That's so good. And of course, you know, we love that. That's what we're all about here as well. I think you've already kind of started hinting at this, but Mm. I know that in your work, you place a huge focus on the heart of the leader. Of course, as in consulting, you're bringing bringing leadership skills, Mm -hmm. principles, strategies, processes, all the things that we said, even as we introduced you. But as chief heart doctor, and I know the focus of your consulting firm is really focused on the heart of the people. Why, why would you do that? How, how did that come up professionally? Yes. So story back when I was in corporate, um, I witnessed something that has forever shaped me. And what that was is I witnessed one of the highest leaders in the organization who was a pronounced Christian, um, a promise keeper. He was a high-level executive. And what I witnessed was him being this great charismatic leader in front of people. And then we had an executive team meeting. Uh-oh. Yes. And here I am, you know, up and coming and so excited just to have a seat at the table. And I'm here with the rest of the executive team. And I was the lowest level executive in there. So if you can imagine how impressionable I was. And he's up on a pedestal for yes, you. Yes. And I'm and like, yeah. hi, it's him. Like, this is great. And <laughs> trying to sit up straight there with everyone. And what I witnessed in there was that there was a moment, and it was around an employment decision, but he saw something And in him seeing something in the deck that we prepared in the PowerPoint presentation, the very person who he shown himself to be Mm -hmm. was not who he was in that moment. And what came out of his heart was something that I never thought I would see. And it's not about making a mistake or anything like that. But in that moment, he wasn't aligned with who he said he was. Mm. And that moment became more true than the hundreds of moments that I had seen him in years past. And it shaped me. And what that made me stop and think was, okay, there was a value that he was holding on to that just got rubbed in this meeting. There was a belief that he was holding on to that just got rubbed in this meeting. So if I can get leaders aligned with their beliefs and their values from their heart, not from their head knowledge, but from their heart, then maybe they can live and lead from a more transparent and authentic position. And that and so helps that's everybody around them. Absolutely. So what, what happens when, what do you see organizationally when people are under leaders who are not aligning in their values? Like what's the fallout that oh, happens? Oh gosh, so you say fallout and I think about this crazy statistic that's out there. And it has been for the last three years. So Gallup, you know, they do strengths bank <laughs> yeah. leadership and they yeah. do tons of research. So for three years in a row, what they have found and they've surveyed millions of individuals in the United States that 67% of all people in the United States, all who are working, 67% are disengaged. Wow. 67%. And of that roughly 30% who are engaged, a third of them are looking for other positions. So who's actually happy? (laughs) Who's happy? Who's happy? (laughs) And so if we think about this huge disengagement number, what happens is there's organizational distrust. Mm -hmm. 
people are doing their job, but on the inside, they're not happy. Right. They're also not trusting. And then they look at their boss and they think, huh, okay, either A, I can do it better. B, they mm-hmm. don't really care. C, I'm going to do just enough because I'm looking for something else. And this job becomes a transition or a Passover, but not something where they can be fully present at work. Mm. It's really um, That's not fun at all. No, it's And you not. can tie that back to alignment of values and aligning the heart Absolutely. and the Absolutely, yes. Because the opposite is when they find people who are truly engaged, it's not necessarily because they 100% believe in the organization, which they do. Right. It's their leader because they get the cue of what the organization is and how the organization behaves based on the person who's directly leading them. That's the closest proximity that they have. That makes a lot of sense. And that's really... Uh, inspiring and convicting oh, as gosh. a leader. Yes, go, it is. Wow, the way that I live, the choices that I live out, mm-hmm. the things that I do have that much power for everybody else around me. Yes. And I know for me, I'm always wanting to, um, you know, that the way that I would treat people would express that I love them yeah. and that I love God. Mm-hmm. How do you, how have you seen that playing out as people come into alignment, as people pull those things together and aligning better, then what happens? Then what happens? It's great that you're mentioning this. So yesterday I had a conversation with a CEO and we're going through developing his leadership blueprint. And he said, can you give me the path? (laughs) Yes, I want the path too. Where is that? So I asked if he ever saw the matrix. (laughs) So he's laughing at me and I said, there is no magic pill. Oh, don't we wish there were? There was. (laughs) In the movie. But that's it. (laughs) That's the only place it exists. There's no magic pill for it. And so where he landed, which is a perfect segue, is he said, gosh, so what you're talking about is caring about people, but not caring on the surface, like really caring. And I said, yes. And he said, wow, so my family is really going to like this too. And I thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting because how we show up at home often doesn't translate into how we show up at work. Right. But what's interesting, um, when we think about leadership and how you show up, people get these huge expectations around what they think a leader is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. How they believe a leader is supposed to behave. And then when they see something different than that, the hurt and the harm sometimes becomes irreparable. Mm. And that's where you find this organizational fallout. But then just the opposite is true. When they see leaders who are aligned with what they say and who they are, then they can trust in that. Right, right. Because everybody can spot a fraud pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so when they see that, you know, if we're not aligned, then all of a a sudden, like the bells go off and it's like, ooh, there's something about this person I can't trust. Mm -hmm. And so then that individual becomes guarded. Yeah. And then they're working from a guarded position, which means they're not giving their best. How can they? They're self-protecting. Right. The whole heart can't show up if you're guarded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about personally and on the job where um, somebody has had to tell me, hey, when you talk like this, when you use that tone, mm-hmm. when you've done that thing. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's not coming through so well. Yep. Um, how how do I grow? How do we grow in this? If 
you know, we're motivated to align. We're motivated to be values-based leaders, making sure there's alignment so we can help people, we can yeah. heal people. What can we do practically to grow in this? Like, how do we see in ourselves what we can't see in ourselves? So good. And that's the danger, right? It's what we don't know that we don't even know. So yeah. we can't ask the right question. Yeah. Who helps us in this? It's, it's <laughs> well, you do. That's who helps us Yes, in this. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So I recommend starting with values. Okay. And what so is- there's two different things, right? So there's values. And values state what's important to you. And then there are principal beliefs. And these principal beliefs typically don't change. And they're ingrained in you, usually from your family. Okay. Um. I have these really cool values deck cards. Get them from the John Maxwell company. I love his the best. Or you can get some on Amazon, but they're right. values cards. Right. Or you can go online and pull up value sets. Okay. And you'll see a list of values. And what I recommend is you start with this self-awareness. So you choose and try and come up with a list of 13 of these are the values and principles that matter to me at this life stage. So tell me a few, like if you were to say, what are some of your values that you've identified for you? Give me like three or four, Mm. just as an example. Transparency, humility, love, wisdom, my walk with Christ. So you said two or three, but (laughs) but mine used to be like excellence and Uh. empowerment and efficiency and effectiveness. And so what's interesting about values, Uh values will change over time after major life events. So the things that you hold to be true when you're in college, typically different when you get married, Mm -hmm. different when you adopt a pet. I have gizmo for sale if anybody wants them. (laughs) Just love on them. That's the price. (laughs) My son will not be happy with that comment. All right. So (laughs) major life events after getting married, buying a home, um, a career ladder change, all these things will shift what's important to you. In addition to that, you have these principal beliefs. And a lot of people marry principles and values so together. Tell me a little, more, more, little bit more about principal beliefs. How is that different than values? Yeah, so principal beliefs don't change. Okay. Or if so, they usually deepen. But they don't necessarily, like, um, one of my principal beliefs is around integrity. Okay. So it's not like after, you know, a certain level of education or different positions that that's going to change. Right. That's something I'll always believe in. And gotcha. what happens with your principal beliefs is that if it's rubbed mm. or violated, then usually the Hagatha comes out. Hagatha. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you find these huge reactions that happen and all of a sudden you find that you're angry because a principal belief, a core of who you are has just been violated. So a principal belief is deeper than a value. It is absolutely deeper and it doesn't change often. Gotcha. And what's interesting, remember I pointed to that CEO mm-hmm. where I witnessed one of his principal beliefs was around family. Mm. And what he saw on the paper was something that was against a family member and he came lashing out. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and so what's interesting where we usually start with people, whether it's an individual, the team or whatever leadership group is, let's get to the core of who you are. So start with values and, and beliefs principles. And, yep. and principles and then what? And then from there, we challenge them to start living it out. 
So we evaluate, is this how you spend your time? Mm. Is this how you spend your talent, your resources? Right. And if not, what are one to two things that you can do to begin to make this value or principle belief more real in your life? Mm. They always say your calendar and your checkbook tell you the most about what you care about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And likewise, then we say share them because values, they should be affirmed. They should have a positive quality within your life. So then share them. And if others can't see them in you, it doesn't mean that it's not important, but that just means that's a space of growth for you, right? right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we also say talk to your direct report. So if you're a leader, mm-hmm. talk to those who you lead about them. And then encourage them to do the same because how powerful is it now that you know my values, right? Right, right. And imagine if I know yours, now when we interact, we're coming together as people and we can drive results through relationships. That's good. And that's usually a key, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like asking your spouse to take out the trash. If you try and get the result first, take out the trash. (laughs) Oh, it's Tuesday. You forgot the trash again. That doesn't work. But if you do it from a relationship perspective, then they begin to operate and run through brick walls Mm -hmm. because of the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's a sweet spot. I got all kinds of thoughts going in my mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) So is there any next step past that? Start with values and principles. Yes. Act it out. Get some feedback. Yes. But here's what's interesting. That process alone usually takes a good six months for people Mm -hmm. to truly marinate in Mm -hmm. because our human tendency is to be checkbox. Oh, I did it. Check. But when it comes out, it's in conversations, people tensions, Mm -hmm. decision making. Mm -hmm. And if the values don't have your fingerprints all over them during those moments, the word fraud comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also areas for growth. Because that's where we see it most is when we're challenged. Mm-hmm. So no such thing as a new value-aligned life by Friday. No, no blue pill. <laughs> Man, no. Dr. Dawn, I want a blue pill. No, this is so, so helpful. Um, maybe you can leave us with like two questions that as mm-hmm. leaders we could ask ourselves to be able to say, am I living from value? Like what would two questions that we might keep at the front of our mind to help us grow in living from the heart, living from values? Mm. Let's think about this. Um, Interesting enough, I wonder if those two questions should be validated by the close circle. Mm. Sometimes, if we're doing these type of exercises on our own, we could be very lenient on ourselves or we can be too self-critical. But getting an external validated thought sometimes is really cool. So the spiritual side of me says, once you get these values and principles in place, take them to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And then allow him to speak into that. The business side of me, we don't do that inside of our workshops at work. <laughs> um, the business side, what we do is we start with the team. So those beneath you and then those above you and then your peer group. So it's almost like, I mm-hmm. can't see my visual. Yeah. <laughs> Vertical and horizontal lines. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. You, you see, I feel like I'm dancing in here. <laughs> it was cute. It was Thank cute. You. So with that, you're getting almost a 360 view of, is this the way I'm truly showing up? 
And so then the question that you ask is, is this the way I want to show up? And what type of things prevent me from showing up consistently Mm, this way? That's good. And if we can be aware of those situations and those triggers, then we have a chance to modify our behavior when those rub areas occur. That's so good. Dr. Don, I know you and I could sit here all day. You know we, we can. We have full confidence <laughs> about that. Thank you so much for being with us and for helping us to grow, especially strengthening the heart of our leadership and aligning. I mean, this is going to be so helpful to us. And if you would like to see more about Don, you can check out her website, consultingnewdon.com, mm-hmm. consultingnewdon.com, or you can follow her at on Instagram at Dr. Dot Don Marie. No, I said that all wrong. <laughs> you can follow her on Instagram, Dr. Dot Don Dot Marie. Yes. There, I got it right. Thank Perfect. you so, so Thank much. Thank you. It's been my joy. Yeah. It's awesome. So much good stuff there. Oh, yeah. So let's dive in. Yeah. I mean, there was so much good stuff in that episode. I think one of the main things that really caught my attention was her talking about culture. Uh, It's something that I've been hearing a lot about lately and something that I've been trying to focus on uh, with the area that I'm leading, which is young adults, uh, specifically in ministry. And so one of the things that I've heard recently is that culture determines everything, that you can have a vision, but culture will eat your vision for lunch. And so as she's saying, you know, the heart of your organization is culture. Uh, That just stood out to me because it's something that I've been thinking about for our culture lately. And she's leading it in the way that... um, well, saying that culture is determined by the leader's heart. And so mm-hmm. culture is yeah. the heart of your organization and it's determined by the leader's heart. And then she's saying when you align yourself uh, with your values, then you can be really transparent and in a healthy way um, that drives your culture. And so I think a lot of times we can get focused as leaders on um, wanting to communicate a vision and she's focusing more on being the vision. That's the, I like the way you put that because I mm-hmm. think it's really convicting when you realize that the way that we do or don't live out values affects everyone. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. There's this phrase I've been saying lately and it's your leadership is your legacy and mm-hmm. it will outlive you. And so there's this whole idea out there when she was talking about Gallup and mm-hmm. kind of that engagement study. She was speaking my love language, of course. I've spent like <laughs> 18 years in corporate America. So, you know, one of the things that really hit me with the Gallup study is there's a, also a similar study they did with Google. And Google spent like two years studying 180 teams, and they found that the number one thing that really creates good culture is psychological safety mm-hmm. and how difficult it actually is to find that in teams. It's mm-hmm. really hard to find it, and it's a leadership job to cultivate it. So as a leader, you've got to cultivate psychological safety. You have to, because Mm -hmm. if you don't do it, it won't happen. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. For me, I mean, along with, with the culture aspect of things, uh, being a dad of two kids, figuring out as a leader in my household, how am I going to create that culture for my kids? Um, and just the importance of that, not just because I'm doing one thing and spending all this time at work, creating the culture and creating the vision, creating values, but actually taking it to my household mm. and going, okay, what are our values? What do we stand for? Mm. What is the safe environment that we are creating here for my kids to thrive? Mm. That's good. Mm, I, I think the one thing that really stood out to me, and I, I asked her about it because I, I needed her to clarify for me. And I think it really helps us as leaders is, as we're building cultures, as we're working, whether it's in our home, at the church, in our marketplace, 
is the difference between a value and a belief. Yeah. Mm. The principled belief yeah. thing. And um, that our values will change. And that actually kind of encouraged me because I think I've confused them over my life and thought, oh my gosh, I still got to live by this one thing. Mm. But what are what do you guys see as you've been in leadership of, of um, a time where maybe you've changed a value or why was it necessary? Mm-hmm. I, I know that for me, uh, she mentioned as you as you go from season to season, even just in your personal life, big, big events or things. Yes. But I, I've seen some value changes in me where like um, just through the seasons of life and applying them to work. But how's that looked like for you guys? I mean, for me personally, uh, one of the big ones that kind of stood out as I've been walking with the Lord for not as long as I've been alive, um, but prayer on the front end was so based around quantity. Mm. And as I've grown in seasons of change, it's less about quantity, but more about quality in mm. my own personal so walk. Good. Mm. Mm. Gosh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, for me, I've navigated a I'm only 30 years old, but I've had a lot of different jobs in a lot of different places. <laughs> and so my values have changed from season to season. And I think specifically stepping into this role, I was so focused on empowering my team and giving the people under me freedom uh, because I had been under what I would consider somewhat unhealthy leadership, um, where I've been under leaders who cared nothing about the dreams of the people on their team. And I've seen how that stood in the way of the team buying into the leader's vision. And so the leader would have this vision, hey, we're going here and you know what, we're gonna open a new location and you're gonna run it. And somebody's like, I have no plans on being here next year, but (laughs) if if that's what you want, we'll act like that's what we're gonna do. And so when I stepped into this role, I just wanted to really know what the aspirations and dreams of my team were, uh, partner with them in getting there and empower them in their roles. Now. What I've learned, I think, over the past year is there are certain times where I've thought that I was empowering and I wasn't leading properly. Mm -hmm. So, like, whereas I thought stepping in in certain areas would be micromanagement, I learned, no, some of it is just leading. Some of it is just giving vision where it's needed. And a lot of times people expect that from their leader. And so, whereas I was trying to empower, I was trying to, you know, push people, hey, you know, create this and do this and go after this, um... I, I realized that after a certain point in time, they would get to a place of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going after. And I need a little bit more uh, vision and a little bit more direction. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things that I think has changed for me recently is stepping in and imparting more vision, imparting more direction, guiding it a little bit more uh, and not viewing that as like, you know, mm-hmm. micromanagement as much. I think that plays into what she was sharing towards the end about a process that we can implement through that yeah. establish mm-hmm. our values and belief, but then evaluate how we're doing at it. Mm. So what I hear you talking about, I've been in the same position where I have a value. I think I'm acting it out. Mm. But then once we share it with the people around us, yeah. that they can come back to us, just, you know, implying what you said, where they coming back going, hey, I don't actually feel empowered. I feel like I need you to lead me differently. Yeah. Yeah. So your intention was one thing, but they're processing it a different way. Yeah. How, how important is that to get that feedback? I don't always like my feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, have you ever, have you guys ever heard of the Jahari window? So it's like these four window panes, and it's basically what you know about yourself and what others know about you, what you know about yourself, but others don't, what others know about you that you don't, those, those are your blind spots, and then mm. what 
others don't know about you and what you don't know about yourself because wow. you haven't been in that situation yet. And I feel like that's a lot of what she was, Dr. Don was talking about was this place you come to with your values where there can be a rub where you believe that you believe it. Yeah. But now you're in a situation where you're actually not only violating your value, mm. but you might be violating someone else's wow. by your yeah. actions wow. and what yeah. you're doing. And so I think that as leaders, we all come to places where we realize that we might be over our skis or in a place where, you know, we've kind of, we're on that line yeah. and it's trying to figure out when you're on that line, what do you do next? Mm -hmm. And I think what you do next is everything. So understanding your values, understanding your team's values, that's critical. Mm -hmm. But I've talked to so many leaders lately that are in a place where they're working that the culture of the company is actually violating their values. And you have to be careful because culture leaks. So if yeah. you're not happy with the culture, eventually that's going to reflect on your personal leadership. So we have to be cautious there. And I really heard her saying that mm -hmm. as she was talking of leaning into what those are, really knowing them, and then ensuring that you apply that so that you don't end up in a situation where now it might not be what you believe, but it's being reflected on you because it's a part of the bigger culture. Yeah. So we need you to help us. <laughs> what was the name of that window again? Jahari and window. How do you spell that? It's like J-H-A-R-I window. Mm. Jahari okay. window. That's not how I think it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Google it. Right. Well, I want to Google it. That's why I need to know how to spell it. Alexa, no, tell good. us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so, so good. So good there. What, uh, when, what have you guys ever experienced whenever, um, I think it was really powerful when she's describing when values are not in alignment, the way that it affects the people under us. For me, I felt convicted by that, mm -hmm. honestly, yeah. because I think sometimes as leaders, it's easy. I, you know, speaking for myself, which is usually the only one I can actually accurately speak for. Right. <laughs> um, I don't always want to hear where the, where my values aren't aligning mm -hmm. and I don't right. always like to hear that. Mm. What have you guys done? Like, what are, what are some ways that you guys see that whenever you get feedback that, Hey, this isn't actually what you say, like what you're saying and what you're doing aren't lining up for me. Mm. I think the key word she brought out and we can talk about it is, is trust. Mm. Yeah. E even if we don't like what the person values, mm -hmm. we at least know we can trust that we're what, what we see and what we're going to get, like what we hear are the same. Mm. How, um, what do you guys think about that, about trust and that alignment? Uh, well, what I've learned, I've been, um, I've been married for about three months now. into the game, right? And so what I've learned recently is uh, the the most often, well, I guess the most frequent time that I have that conversation um, is with my wife. Mm -hmm. And so if I ever need to know, you know, if my what I'm saying and what I'm doing are not lining up. You know, I can trust my wife to tell me, right? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. she'll let you know. I've just learned that um, one for myself in reacting to that, humility is so important um, because I think it can sometimes feel like you know somebody if they're saying that what you're saying and doing are not lining up, it can feel like kind of an attack on your integrity. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and but we all do that at some point. And so whether that's hey, you know, I want to 
you know, get back in shape. And so I'm going to the gym and you're not doing it. That's, that's not an attack on your integrity. It's just, it's the truth. And so, uh, not saying that that's the conversation that we've been having. That's just a, an, an example. <laughs> for example, um, for example, we yeah. get advanced, you work out <laughs> hypothetically. If that Us were the with case, kids, we don't really do that. So yes, we do we're, by lifting, our kids. lifting them. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, I've just learned that humility in receiving that mm. is so important because, the goal is to have that trust. And when what you say and what you do are lining up, that's what builds it, you know, because you can have great ideas all day. Uh, and I think that that runs into leadership everywhere. You know, you can have all the great ideas, you can say all the right things, but it's really what you're doing that people are responding to. Even uh, as somebody who's preaching and, and teaching every week, I can say a lot of different things. What I've learned that people take in the most is the life that I'm living. Yeah. And so if I ask them like, Hey, what did I speak about three weeks ago? They're not going to remember most mm -hmm. of the time, you know, they might remember general, you know, yeah. statements or something, but, or the general idea, but ultimately what's moving people from a leadership standpoint is they're looking at how you live your life. And so mm -hmm. you living what you say, uh, determines whether people are going to follow you or not. Dr. John alluded to that in her story where she yeah. said, you know, I, he, she said something like he wasn't aligned yeah. in that moment to who he said he was. Oh, yeah. But what stuck out to me was in that moment spoke more loudly than yeah. all the other moments, which yeah. is really terrifying. Can, yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it, it shows you how impactful and how powerful your leadership is. Yeah. So if you're not leading with purpose, there's a problem. And especially as Christians, you know, we just, I said it earlier, but our legacy is going to be the way that we've led. And so if people look at us and they say, well, there's two sides of the coin to that person, that becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that I've found in 2015, I went out and hired my own executive coach. And um, the very first thing she did was a 360 with my team. And boy, was that eye-opening, right? <laughs> so you're going to get the Woo. good, bad, and ugly anonymously. Yeah. So it's going to enable people to be super open with you. She also went to my peers. She also went to the people above me. And just being able to hear all that feedback, it was such a gift. And feedback is a gift if we view it that way. But at the time, you know, I was like, okay, that's, I just need a moment. Let me just take all of <laughs> that in because wow. Um, yeah. But then coming back and thinking about the next day, I'm like, this was a gift because, you know, any of us can do that. And it can look very different. It can, it can look like you asking someone in another department to do that for you and mm -hmm. to, you know, that you trust, of course, um, to put together a 360 for you. It can look like you start sending out an anonymous survey. There's so many different ways that we can get feedback, but one of the worst parts of our life could be to, to look back and not have ever asked, how is my yeah. leadership? How yeah. am I doing? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what could I do to improve? And so if we want to lead well, we have to constantly be improving ourselves and constantly asking for feedback. Mm -hmm. She mentioned about how if we look to only ourselves as our own litmus test, that we can either be too just self-lenient mm -hmm. or we can be too self-critical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I definitely tend to go on the self-critical side of things. And so that's why once I realized that in my own leadership, um, I just really focus on just being intentional mm -hmm. with who I'm allowing to bring that feedback from those that are above me, uh, from those that I'm leading and on the peer level and just really being uh, consistent with going to them and saying, hey, I, I, I want to know more. Um, and sometimes when I'm not getting that honest feedback, uh, something that's been, I guess, taught to me that I've learned along the way is you look at your leadership and the way they operate, the culture that you're leading, a lot of time is the unedited version of who you are. 
So if you're leading a certain way and your team is going a certain way that you're not liking, well, it's because you're modeling that in such a way that now they're the unedited version of you. Wow. They're your mirror. Uh, yeah. So it's it's super convicting. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I think for me, it's been the that intentionality to go, hey, I want that feedback. I want that improvement. I want to grow. And not taking it so personal. Um, and realizing that because I want it, I'm not always going to like it. Yeah. Uh, but it will make me better. Yes, it will. And to be patient with ourselves. Yeah. You know, she mentioned about, uh, Dr. John mentioned about, we have a tendency to want to be checkbox. Yep. Mm. And yes. I don't know about you, but I had both of like a relief and a moment of, oh my gosh, uh-huh. when she says like, this process can take like six months. That to play was a out. huge relief. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It really was. Well, and I love a good list. So I was mad when I couldn't just check it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So what are, like, let's just real quick, what's one thing that you will approach differently or just you know, 10 second little idea that you're going to apply from what we've heard today. Oh my gosh. The value cards, like not only I've done them before, but I don't own them. Mm. I think I did them in an exercise a while ago, but I am going out to Amazon to buy those today after listening to this, because being able to sit down and figure out my own values and share that with others. And then also being able to do that with other people and hear their values off the bat, as Dr. Don mentioned, we're going to have a more authentic, a more real conversation. So Let's go get the value cards. I mean, I think that yeah. was just brilliant. Yeah. 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 I mean, I agree hundred percent. I'm going to borrow those value cards from you. <laughs> you're done with them. Uh, because for me, it's, I think it's so important to actually put words into what I'm feeling and what the core of me is. And I'm just excited to, as I look at those 10 or 13 values, begin to, to realize, okay, what have I seen has withstood the test of time? Uh, for me and what are those principal beliefs and being able to hold on to those and and almost have them as as something like pillars that I can see on an everyday basis uh, for myself for my family and for my workplace yeah totally I think the value cards were a gem and uh just asking myself how can I spend my time and my resources uh in a way that reflects these you know that really even Sherry you said you know everybody's heard you know your calendar and your checkbook tell you uh the most about what you believe well I haven't heard that one because we don't use checkbooks and I was like what's a checkbook that's awesome I am the oldest at the table thank you for pointing that out oh but it was amazing it was you know just such great wisdom and so that that made so much come up in my mind like man these are the things that I value. I think about them a lot, but do my calendar and my funds reflect that? Your Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. exactly, (laughs) exactly. My calendar and my Bitcoin, you know, my cryptocurrency. Yep, I'm feeling a little old right now. (laughs) I am, I am. I I think for me, my next step is to actually share my values more openly with the people that I'm working closely with. That's good. So that I open the door for more frequent feedback instead of it just being like, okay, I'm officially going to sit down and ask you. That It would actually open the pathways for people to offer it Mm. uh, without me having to make it all formal and official and things like that. So, well, folks, thank you for joining us for our very first Lead Well podcast. We want to encourage you to visit our website at www.leadwellpeople.com for leadership videos, articles, stories, and other resources. We're going to be adding to it over time. And you can also follow us on Instagram at leadwellpeople. Have a great day.